Welcome to day 104 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are 1 Kings chapters 13 through 15. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 13 recounts a strange story about Jeroboam, the new king of the northern nation of Ephraim. While he was standing at the altar sacrificing to the images of the golden calves, an unnamed man of God pronounced judgment upon him. And like Moses' sister Miriam, who was struck with leprosy, Jeroboam's hand was struck by God with a rich deformity. But the man of God prayed for him and healed him. On the way home, the man of God was tricked by a prophet from Bethel and killed by a lion. This story is strange, but it is likely meant to convey all kinds of symbolic meaning. Even though Jeroboam is the first of the Ephraimite kings, already several foreshadowing aspects happen in this story describing where the northern tribes will end up. First, the transformational kingship of Josiah, which will eventually bring down Israel's false worship, is prophesied. Then, there's the truthful witness of the man of God about the destruction of Ephraim, which is eventually believed by the old prophet. And perhaps even the lion is a symbol regularly associated with Judah, And so the lion killing the man of God may reflect the expectation that Judah indeed will eventually conquer and last long after Ephraim is gone. The chapter ends with the statement that even though this happened, Jeroboam didn't change his evil ways, but continued to lead Ephraim into false worship practices. Chapter 14 opens with Jeroboam's son Abijah becoming ill. It's interesting to note that the names of Jeroboam's sons, Abijah and Nadab, are very similar and identical even to the names of Aaron's sons, Abihu and also Nadab. Both Jeroboam and Aaron make golden calves for the people to worship, and their similarly named sons end up bearing much of the punishment for their father's sins. Jeroboam sent his ill son and his wife in disguise to Ahijah, the prophet who had named him as king. The word from the prophet is not good. Abijah will die, and the kingdom will be taken away from the house of Jeroboam in a violent overthrow. Jeroboam's story ends with what will become a familiar pattern describing the death of each king. The narrator states that much more information about Jeroboam is available in the Annals of the Kings, The statement is a reminder that what we have in the scripture are not all the moments of the king, but the moments that the narrator finds most theologically significant. Jeroboam was king for 22 years, but we're given only a handful of moments that define him negatively from the theological perspective of the deuterohistoric writer. At verse 27, the story shifts from north to south and picks up the story of Rehoboam, Solomon's son, the king of Judah. Although he ruled for 17 years, in his case, also, it is only the theologically negative or evil aspects of his life and reign that are briefly recounted in the text. Chapter 15 opens on the brief three-year reign of Abijam in Jerusalem as the Judean king. He did not follow Yahweh faithfully like his ancestor David, so he was replaced by the reforming king Asa, King Asa got rid of the illicit practices going on connected to forms of pagan worship. He tore down the idols, and he had a long reign, 41 years, and he created enough alliances 
that their enemies in the north got a little nervous and moved their capital further away for a time from Ramah to Terza. At verse 25, the narrative shifts back north to Israel. Like Abijam and Judah, Jeroboam's son Nadab had only a brief and sinful two-year run as Ephraim's king. As God had told Jeroboam, the kingship lineage of the north would be taken away from his family. Baasha, from the house of Issachar, rebelled against Nadab and wiped out his entire family, as the prophet Ahijah had declared. Baasha ruled Israel or Ephraim from the city of Terzah for 24 years. I know these texts can be a little bit confusing because we're in that section of Kings now that reads a little bit like an old theological encyclopedia. Time goes by quickly, decades are compressed into just a few lines. The narrator seems to bounce back and forth between the northern nation and the southern nation, between good kings and bad kings. The bad kings lead the people into idolatry. The good kings always draw the people back into fidelity with God. And in the midst of all these names and places, there seem to be only a few small theological clues thrown here and there in the text. Nevertheless, read these texts slowly and carefully, looking for the small but meaningful theological crumbs scattered along the way. Journal your thoughts, prayers, and questions, and be a leader that helps people discern their idolatries while drawing them closer to God. Our readings for tomorrow are 1 Kings chapter 16 through 18, and we're adding Psalm 44. I'll talk to you tomorrow.